0: Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here's Pastor Ramirez. The title of the message is The Plea of a Fearful Man. The Plea of a Fearful Man in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. Uh, I'll begin with uh, a question... How many of you have fears in life? Uh, A while back, I saw a cartoon, uh, the family circus, and, uh, you know, the little boy was... Talking to his dad, and he told his dad, he said, "I can't wait till I get big and I have no more fears." And they're like, he's sitting on the bedside, and then above the dad's head, and all these balloons. It has all these fears like job security, you know, taxes, the nation. It has all these things, and I thought, you know, that's how life is. Our fears just change uh, as we get older. They they're still there. They just they're different, uh, and they may not be the monsters under the bed, but they're still monsters nonetheless, and they can cause us to be afraid. And this morning, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the. Of a fearful man, because you know, there's much going on in our world today. We have a lot going on in our world, and I think there's a lot of things that we can be afraid of, Uh, many things that can cause us to fear. Uh, And the question is, what, what can you do when you're afraid? What can you do when you're afraid? And I think we find the answer here. We find the answer here this morning, and that's what I want to share with you. You have God. And when we're afraid, we can look to Him. And that's what they did. So let's get into this this morning. We find here in Second Chronicles chapter 20, it says in verse 3, And Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast Throughout all Judah. So we find right up front that this king was afraid. He he feared. He was scared of what was about to happen or what could happen. And so I have three thoughts for you this morning in our outline that I want to share with you on the plea of a fearful man. And the first one is I want to talk about his fears for a moment, the problems that came into his life, and uh it may encourage us as we Think about the problems that might come into our life. So first off, uh, I think it's safe to say he was in trouble. He was in trouble. The nation was in trouble. And when you read not only this chapter, but you read ahead, he wasn't a perfect man. But Jehoshaphat seems to have been a good king. He, He made some poor alliances at times, but he seemed to have been a good king that was seeking God. And so I think we could safely say that he did nothing wrong as far as this trouble is concerned. But the trouble found him anyway. Have you ever had that happen in life where you're not looking for trouble, but you find it? Or it finds you? I mean, there it is. And that's how life is. And sometimes that can be one trouble after another or one thing after another. And I think Jehoshaphat was like that. And trouble found him. Notice it says that they told him of what was happening, what was about to occur. And he feared. I do think it's safe to say that his fears were justified. Uh, I want to say that. Uh, there was an, inv- an invasion coming from the east. And the Bible indicates it was a large invasion that was coming in. A threatening force. And, and they were bringing war with them. They weren't coming in just to be friends. They were coming in to fight. And so that tells us that they were about ready to have warfare. Not just war, but war in their in their land, within their borders. Not on foreign soil, not going out to attack somebody, but someone coming after you. Their homes, their lands, they were being invaded. You see, he didn't underestimate the danger. He knew this was real. It was a threat. And he had to deal with it. So the first thought I want to share with you this morning is don't underestimate your fears. They're real. Uh, Don't take them lightly. If you're afraid of something, then it's real to you. And deal with it. As we'll see here this morning, you can deal with it with the Lord. Bible tells us they fasted. That's one of the first things they did is they they set a fast here. And it tells us in verse 3, which we've read there, it says, They set himself to seek the Lord, proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So he's seeking God, and he proclaims a fast. Now, fasting was done in times of distress, anxiety. So this tells us the trouble they were in. What's also interesting is this is the first recorded, I'll say recorded, royal proclamation to fast that we find in the scriptures. There had been fasting done before this, and even people had fasted, and even nations. But this is a royal proclamation now. This is a king proclaiming to everyone, we need to fast. We need to seek God. I can't help but think, wouldn't it be wonderful if our nation fasted and sought after God? That's what we need. We need God. And they were going to look to God. They were looking to God for help. So they fasted. And again, it tells us the trouble that they were in. You know, another thought here is you can suddenly find yourself in trouble. A car breaking down. Or not starting up. How about uh, something being lost? You know, I've lost my car keys. I don't know how many times I've lost my phone I have to ask my wife to call it for me. I thank the Lord she didn't lose hers. You know, suddenly, it's just things that happen like that. We can be suddenly in trouble. Or you can be late to something. Uh, Even if you don't plan on being late. I've had it where I planned everything out ahead of time. and Then there's an accident in front of me. And I'm late. Suddenly there's a problem. Suddenly there's some trouble there. You see, the thought is everything will not always go our way. We're going to have some troubles in life. We're going to have some trials. People are not always going to be nice. Things are not always going to turn out the way we want them to turn out or or believe they should turn out. And those things can cause us some fear. They can cause us to be afraid. You know, they remind us that we are helpless in this world. Is what they remind us of. That we're helpless. And I think sometimes we don't recognize that or we just don't want to admit it. But we are helpless in this world. We can... Easily be overcome. We can easily be what I'd call overburdened. Uh, We can easily be outnumbered in life. And you think of this, sorrows can do this to us. Responsibilities. Now, there's nothing wrong with responsibilities, but sometimes carrying out those responsibilities, they can burden us. How about trials, troubles, any sorts of temptations? Those can overcome us, cause us to fear Uh, You know, at times we might pretend to be powerful. But you know, one moment can change that. One moment can cause terror to fill your heart. You know, it just takes one phone call to turn your life upside down. One email. One meeting. One consultation with a doctor. It just takes one moment to cause fear to enter into the heart. And what can be done? What can we do? Let's continue on and find out what Jehoshaphat did. See, that's the key here. Let's see what he did. And that's our second thought. Let's talk about faith now. Faith. Notice he turned to God. That's the first thing he did. He turned to God. We don't find any indication here that he's turning anywhere else. He's not looking elsewhere first and then going to God. He's not even... They didn't even go gather all their weapons yet. He went to God first once he heard about the trouble. I think we can find a lesson right there. Whenever you're afraid, just go to God right away. Take it to the Lord. Begin with God. And then start working things out. Let God lead you from there. But start with the Lord. So let's look here uh, at this prayer. Beginning in verse 6 we find here. Uh, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 6. He says, And said, O Lord, our God of our fathers, are not thou God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee. You know, as far as his faith, his prayer, I have five things I want to share with you on this. First, He had confidence in the Lord. Confidence in the Lord. That's where he went first. He believed God could help. You see, it's the Lord that makes the difference. And it's the Lord that was going to make a difference in this battle. It's the Lord that can make the difference in your life. When you're afraid or you have fearful times, it's God that can make the difference. It's God who can help out. And that's where he began with. He began with God. But notice what he did. So he... he, had confidence in God and second he called upon what we would call past performance not his but on God's past performance notice what he says in verse 7 he says here art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever notice he goes to God in prayer and he begins by calling upon what God had already done not that God needed to be reminded of what he'd done but to praise God for what he had done. Notice he's saying, Lord, we know what you've done. We know that you're great. We know that you're mighty. We know that you can deliver out of problems. You've already proven this. You've done this time and time again. So I want to encourage you this morning, when you pray, when you pray, recall what God has already done for you. Recall what God's already blessed you with. And how great he's already been in your life. And let that encourage you in your prayer. Let that comfort you as you talk to God. You know, if God's helped you before, he can help you again. Uh, A few thoughts on this. Maybe you've made mistakes. I know I make mistakes all the time. Maybe you've messed up five times. You think God can help you with the sixth time you messed up? Not that you wanted to mess up, but if you did, you say, Lord, you've helped me before. Please help me out of this mess. Or maybe you've gone through a trial or a trouble of some sort. Maybe you've gone through 10 of them. And say, Lord, I know you can help me with this 11th one. You've already helped me 10 times before. You see, recall those blessings that God has done for you. And that's what he's doing here. He's recalling not his past performance, but God's past performance. And how great God had already been to deliver them. And then verses 8 and 9, he's claiming a promise here. Notice what he says in verse 8. The Bible tells us, he says, And they that dwell therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name. Okay, he's referring to the temple now. He's talking about the land. He's saying, those that dwell here built the sanctuary for, for your name, God, for, for you. He says here verse 9, "If When evil cometh upon us, as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence. For thy name is in this house, and we cry to thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. This goes all the way back to when Solomon dedicated the temple. That's what this goes back to. And when Solomon dedicated the temple, we find these words here, basically saying that God would be their God. And if they found trouble or if trouble came upon them, if they went and they stood before God and they asked God for help, then God would hear their prayers and God would help them. So what we find here is he's just claiming this promise. He's saying, God, you have promised to deliver us if we get into trouble. And God, we're in trouble right now. There's a whole bunch of people sitting out there that have come in that are trying to take over this land, trying to take over your city and and defeat your people, and we're in trouble. And Lord, you said if we believed you and if we called upon you for help, that you would help us. And that's what we're doing. You see, that's what prayer is. Claiming the promises that God has given to you. And I want to encourage you when you pray... To claim those promises. Let me give you a few thoughts on that. You know, Psalm 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. You know, you can claim that promise when you're afflicted, going through a difficult time. Say, Lord, please deliver me out of this problem. Help me with this. Give me strength to overcome. Uh, Hebrews 13 5, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You can call upon that promise when you're feeling discouraged. You're feeling alone. Say, Lord, uh, you promised not to leave me. Please comfort my heart. Please strengthen me. Please give me the wisdom. Please help me through this problem. And think of all the other promises. You know, God's promise to be with you. Isn't that a wonderful promise? To be with us? Not to forsake us. You know, in the world, you're going to find times where someone may forsake you. They may do it on purpose. You know, they're just being angry or upset. And they may just forsake you on purpose. Or they may not do it on purpose. You know, sometimes people have to move away. They've got to go different places. But you know, God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Wherever you are, I'll be with you. Claim that promise if you need that this morning. Uh, you know, another promise that God's given to us when you when you think about the promise is not only to be with us, but to provide for us, provide for our needs. You know, if you have a need right now, take it to God. Say, God, I have this need. You promised to... You provide my needs. Will you provide this need for us? You know, He's promised to guide us through. He's promised to protect us from trouble. He's promised to give you victory over your enemies. That could be temptation, trials, troubles. You know, you may not have an army sitting outside your front door, but you may have other problems you've got to deal with. Other enemies, maybe that honorary person at work that is sitting across from you or, or giving you a difficult time. Or, or maybe a neighbor that's being stubborn or, or other problems that are in your life that are real. You see, God can help you with those. Just call upon him and claim those promises when you pray. You know, the best one is God has promised to keep his word. To keep his word. Always. He, he will always keep his word. So just claim the promises that God has given. Next, Let's look at the next one, verses 10 through 12. Notice what they did here. It says here, And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. Then he says, O Lord God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither... Know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. So here's the next thing he did. Not only he had confidence in God, he called upon past performances. He claimed a promise. And then he confessed his pitiful condition. Notice, he confessed it. He says, Lord, we have no power and no plan. Now, you don't expect a king to say that. I imagine the people were probably looking around and didn't expect a, a king to say that. That's not what they want to hear. But he says, we have no power and no plan. They surprised us. They've come up. Uh, We don't know what to do. And even if we did know what to do, God, we couldn't do it anyway because we don't have the power to do this. Lord, we're in trouble. Here's my thought with this. Just be honest with God. Just be honest with God. Tell the Lord the truth. He already knows. We can't deceive him in our prayers. You know, Jehoshaphat could have went and said, well, we got all this, this, this. Lord knew that they were overcome and outnumbered. God knew they were in trouble. Jehoshaphat just admitted the truth. He confessed the situation. So since God cannot be fooled or deceived, let's just tell him the truth. You make a mistake. You may just say, Lord, I made a mess of things. God, you know I made a mess of things. Will you please help me with this? See, the Lord wants to hear us come to Him and confess and ask for His help. Maybe you're scared to uh, the phrase that you're scared to death." you know, it's an odd phrase, but maybe you are scared to death of something. Maybe there's something that just has caused you to fear. you're afraid this morning. Well just tell that to God. They say, "Lord, I am so scared of this. I'm afraid. And that's what Jehoshaphat was. He was scared, and he's telling God, "Hey, we're afraid. Just tell God, lay it out before the Lord. Maybe you don't know what to do. Maybe there's a decision you have to make and you're just not sure what to do. Well, tell that to God. Say, God, I I don't know what to do, Lord. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the knowledge. I don't know what to do. Will you please help me with this decision? I can't do this. Maybe it's at a point where you just say, Lord, I can't. Now, sometimes for some of us, that's, that's the hard one to admit. I can't do this. And maybe that's what we need to get to. Say, Lord, I can't do this. I need your help. You know, here, here's the thought here. Whatever it is, just lay it before the Lord. Just, just give it to Him. That's what Jehoshaphat's doing. He's just laying it all out before God, saying, "God, we need Your help. Here's where we are." And then, notice the last thought we find here on His prayer at the very end of verse twelve. He says, "But our eyes are upon Thee." He says, "We have no plan. We have no power." God, we're looking to you. You see, their confidence was in God. That's what it came down to. Their confidence was in the Lord. He says, our eyes are upon you, Lord. We're waiting for an answer. And we know you're going to help. We believe you're going to help. We've asked you to help. And we're just going to wait until you do. You know the thought here. Think about that. Our eyes are upon thee. Have you ever waited for something or someone, and you're just glued, waiting, okay. You know, I remember as kids growing up, you know, we used to go out and play games, and we lived across the street from a playground, a park. And we'd always do things such as, you know, okay, let's plan this, and you got to do that. And sometimes a plan would include, you got to wait until someone got to a certain point, and then you go do your part. You know, uh, whether it be, most of it wasn't serious, it was just goofing around. But you know what, we took it serious, and we would wait until that person got to that point, and then we'd go do what we had to do. Or go run over here, or do this, you know what We were watching and waiting, and that 's what the, the, this implies here. it implies lord we 're going to wait on you now. you tell us what to do we 're not going to do anything until you direct us, and now we 're waiting on you, and see that 's the confidence that they had so here 's to wrap up number two, pour out your heart to God, and then wait for the answer. pour out your heart to God, wait for the answer. And expect the Lord to answer. That's what they're doing here. They're expecting Him to answer. They're watching. They're waiting. They say, we know you're going to give us an answer. We just are going to wait until you do. And that's my final thought now. The faithfulness that comes with this prayer. And afterwards, the patience here and the power. So here's what we have. You know, they waited. They waited until God directed. Uh, We have here in verse 13, all Judah stood beside the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. What a picture The whole nation waiting upon God. Waiting upon God. Wouldn't it be wonderful if our nation waited upon God? How about we can do it with our church? Our church can wait upon God and ask God for blessings. Our families can do that. Let's pray that our nation may get to that point where we wait upon God for an answer and God directs. So they waited until they It says here, verse 14, Then upon Jehezahil, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Janiel, the son of Madaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. So you know what's happening now? God is now giving an answer. He's now going to give an answer to the people. But keep in mind, that answer didn't come until they prayed. Until they went to God, until they followed this. And then God heard, and God delivers an answer. And it says here in verse 16, He said, Hearken, ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. He said, Don't be afraid. I'm going to take care of things because it's mine. Now think about that for a moment, folks. Here's the first thought. They waited until they were directed. They didn't just take off. They waited. You know, waiting on command is just as important as moving on one. You know, both require obedience, both require patience, and both require faith. So if you're called upon to wait this morning, then wait. Maybe it's something in prayer. You're asking God, and God just hasn't given an answer. Well, wait. Be faithful. Be faithful. You know, work while you wait. Do what you can while you wait, but wait upon God. Don't just go because you want to go. Wait till God directs. And then the second thing is they went as he directed. He went as he directed. Notice it says in verse 16, "...tomorrow go you down against them. Behold, they come up by the hill of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jerul." Verse 17, "...you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still." ...and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. So here's their answer. He says, guess what? Go. Tomorrow go. And you're not even gonna have to fight. I am going to take care of things. This is my fight. This is my battle. So when they received the command, the Bible tells us that they went. They went. They had to follow God's leading. See, it was His directions... Not theirs. It was his answer, not theirs. It was his battle and not theirs. And he was going to provide. You know, when you look at this, um, you know, I think it's safe to say this was strange plans for war. They were just to get ready, they were just to go, and guess what? Expect the victory. God will take care of the rest. You know, it had been very easy to doubt. It had been very easy to say, I just don't know. You sure we should be. Going out against these guys, they're here to attack us. You sure we should be on the, on the offensive? But God told them to. And so they went. You know, here, here's something to think about. You know, God's ways may seem odd to us sometimes. They, they really do. You know, I even think some people say, well, they're out of touch with today. Well, if it's God's ways, it's the correct way. And we don't necessarily understand how he's going to work. We may not know when, but we stay faithful. And God takes care of the rest. You see, God's always right. He's always right, never wrong. And He'll never lead you astray. He'll never take you the wrong way. So trust in God. Follow His direction. You see, the battle was God's. God said, the battle's mine. So He took interest is what we find here. And He's the one who's going to secure the victory. You know, my thought on this is if you belong to God... You're his. You're God's. You belong to him. And he's interested in your life. Every aspect of your life. And the battles in your life will be his. Because you belong to him. And he'll lead you to victory. He'll give you direction. You walk with him. You wait upon him until he leads. And you follow him when he does lead, wherever he leads you. And he'll give you victory over temptation, over trials, over troubles. He'll provide what is needed. Just follow God. We need to follow God. You know, when you think about it, in closing here this morning, this crisis, and that's what it was. It was a crisis. This crisis led to courage. These men are now going out to fight an enemy that far outnumbered them. An enemy that really should have overcome them. But they're going out with courage. Why? Because they had confidence in God. See, it was the Lord who made the difference. And because they trusted God, they went forward. So what we find is their faith in God not only led them to God, but also it removed the fears in their heart. You know, we're talking about fear, being fearful. Someone once said this, that fear and faith won't share the same heart. Because if there's fears there, that means there's a lack of faith of some sort. And when you have faith, those fears are going to be removed. The circumstances may remain the same, but you're trusting God and you're looking to the Lord. And there's faith. There's, and with that faith is going to come the peace and the contentment and the direction that God gives. So when you're afraid, if you're filled with fear this morning, look to God. Talk to God wait upon God, and then go forward with God. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.